Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Blue White Breakdown time. Mid-March edition, Johnny McGonigal, Bob Flounders. Johnny, we got a late practice availability at Penn State. Tuesday night in State College, we were both up there. Talked to the Lions, players, coaches, coordinators. Uh, You took in some practice. You got a nice little week to look forward to later uh, in the month of March. But how are you doing? And uh, what did you make of, I guess it was maybe the fourth practice of Penn State's uh, spring? Yeah, Bob. Well, you know, getting out there on uh, on the practice field at last, it was nice enough that they weren't in Haluba. They were actually on the field. It was uh, a nice crisp day in State College on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, just walking around for the, you know, we, we don't get a whole lot of time out there on the practice field. It's not like we're seeing, you know, 11 on 11s or anything, especially at this stage uh, in spring ball. But, you know, seeing Torrance Brown out there, uh, former Penn State Nittany Lion pass rusher who uh, medically retired with Penn State and then ultimately is now back with the team uh, as a graduate assistant uh, working with the defensive line. Uh, you're seeing Dion Barnes out there working his guys, you know, new defensive line coach, uh, getting that role a day before spring ball started. Uh, seeing Abdul Carter go through tackle drills <laughs> and lift Curtis Jacobs like a mile off the ground. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, just, you know, you, you start to just kind of see these guys again. It's not like they're going crazy right now. It's still, you know, just late March. You have guys who, are limited out there, and uh, James Franklin, you know, talked about that very briefly. Not like he's giving us, you know, the list of players who are limited, but it's spring ball, it's March. We're, you know, you're still not, um, you know, you're not pushing guys too hard. But these are important months when it comes down to laying the foundation, uh, and and really, you know, that's both on offense, defense, and special teams. And you know, we talked to Mike Yursich a little bit. Uh, about that with the quarterback specifically. So, yeah, it was good to catch up uh, with some of these players and Yursich and Franklin after practice. And uh, we've got Pro Day coming up here on Friday. We'll talk about that, I think, a little bit more on uh, Thursday's podcast. But, yeah, a lot of stuff happening around the Nittany Lions right now. Yeah, and before we get to some notes that we picked up on and some Franklin comments, uh, James, I think, touched on it a couple of times. Just interesting, Johnny, how many former Penn State players, um, not necessarily ones that James coached, but there are a couple that he did coach, that are now associated with this football program. And you can start with somebody like Terry Smith. Um, you know, he was a captain on the 91 team, key uh, coach on James's staff, corners coach, defensive recruiting coordinator from the Pittsburgh area. I think he was a wideout at Penn State. He's on the staff. Dan Connor, I believe, still on the staff. We talk about Calvin Lowry being on the staff. Torrance Brown is on the staff. Deion Barnes is on the staff. I know I'm going to miss a couple of names. But it's nice to see that uh, a lot of Penn State players have kind of uh, kind of navigated towards, you know, back to their alma mater. Um, 
And obviously James would not hire him just because they're Penn State guys. He must really uh, like what he's seen from them. But there's a pretty distinct Penn State influence, I think, on James Franklin's program as he kicks off his 10th year at Penn State. Yeah, Alan Zemitis is also a recruiting coordinator. The list you know, goes on uh, with these guys behind the scenes, uh, whether they're a position coach like Dion or someone like Alan or Calvin Lowry, an analyst, and, and Dan Connor as well. Um, you know, on Dion really quick, you know, because it is, you know, that was his fourth practice as a D-line coach. And uh, James was asked about just that transition and, and how that's been going uh, for Dion. And James like, yeah, this it's not much of a transition. You don't have time to really mull this over because, you know, he got hired a day before spring ball started. But at the same time, he's a player. He played under James. You know, he, he obviously had been a GA uh, in the program for the last three years, uh, learning from as a player, learning from Sean Spencer uh, and as a coach, learning from John Scott Jr. before he left for the NFL. And so he kind of gets it. He kind of knows the atmosphere, the culture, everything that's kind of baked in uh, to the program already and knows how kind of the operation is run. Uh, so that really helps, um, you know, not just from the last three years, again, as a GA, but as a coach as well. So it's it's an interesting group that he that he has at D-line. And we've talked about this before, that the talent uh, that he has at his disposal, Chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac, uh, Deny Dennis Sutton off the edge. And then uh, you know, guys inside as well looking to replace PJ Mustafer. So that's a group I'm looking forward to watching. Wide receiver is a group that we've talked about and we, we've touched on. And uh, that's a group that James Franklin uh, talked about yet again after after saying, you know, in his opening spring press conference that, you know, wide receiver is an area that can affect the game maybe like instantly more than any other position outside of probably quarterback. But you know, I asked him about Keandre Lambert Smith and the impact that he was hoping to see Keandre have in spring. And he James was talking about how Keandre has to be a number one guy, not just on Penn State's roster, but in the Big Ten. And he has to take that step and him, Harrison Wallace. And he wasn't able to mention Dante Cephas, the Kent State transfer, because, again, he's not on campus yet. But, uh, yeah, just a couple of positions you know, in transition here for Penn State and positions that we're going to be closely watching as spring ball continues. Yeah, John, I think I, I would make the argument that um, going into a season, the wideout position – has never been more important at Penn State than it is right now for just a variety of reasons. You touched on a really uh, a really big one. Two really talented wideouts moving on uh, for different reasons. Parker Washington left a year early, but his time after three years at Penn State, he felt like it was up. Uh, one of the premier slot uh, receivers, I think, in the country. Hopefully he'll... Uh, get healthy in time for the draft and he can go maybe in the top 100, maybe even, maybe who knows, he, he could even sneak it maybe into the late second round. Uh, Mitchell Tinsley's another guy they're going to miss, but you lose those two guys. But when you look at Penn state's offense and you look at their defense, um, there's a lot to like about what's coming back um, from a team that finished 11 and two, won their final five games in impressive fashion, went nose to nose with Ohio state. Uh, the one big blemish was obviously the Michigan game, but, this team is loaded with young talent, and uh, wideout might be one of the bigger questions because those guys are gone. But also, Johnny, because of what's coming back, there's been a change with the position coach. I think James Franklin definitely thinks for the better in Marcus Higgins. I think without saying it, he said that. Keandre Lambert-Smith might be one of the more interesting players on this team this year. Uh, he was made uh, you know, available, I think, I believe up there. And, you know, Johnny, he's, he's a guy that, you know, you'll see it in flashes and he looks like one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. And then you don't see him for a while. Outgoing guy, always has something on his mind. 
no doubting the skill set, but interesting to hear James talk about him being a number one and not just necessarily on Penn State. He mentioned Harrison Wallace as a guy that he think has clearly, I think, separated, but they got to find a number three. And he, to hear that with Dante Sivas hopefully coming to Penn State was interesting, but it sure sounds like the pecking order starts with those two at the top and then some other talented guys, Johnny, are going to really have a fight for their trying to kind of get on the field. Maybe it won't be a top six. Maybe it's a top four or top five. But the wideouts need to produce this year, and I think this is a really huge year for that group. Yeah, you mentioned the pecking order. I think right now it starts with Keandre and Harrison Wallace. When Dante Cephas comes in, that pecking order might change on day one. Given the talent that he has, I mean, over 1,900 yards over the last two seasons, it's at Kent State. Right in, in the max, so there's going to be there's levels to it. There's going to be uh, a competitive jump there coming into the Big Ten. But you know he performed against Power Five opponents whenever Kent State played him, and so I think the way it's probably being sold in the building right now to Keandre Lambert Smith and Harrison Wallace is, hey, he's not here yet. You know he he's still at Kent State. He's finishing up classes. This is your opportunity, your snaps. This is your time. To really not only put a stamp on, hey, I'm going to be getting playing time uh, in 2023 in the fall, but I can be the number one guy. I can be that. You went into the transfer portal and you got Dante Cephas and you got Malik McLean uh, from Florida State, who is here uh, going through spring camp. But, you know, I, Keandre Lambert-Smith, can be that guy. Uh, And so we've seen it in flashes with both those guys, both Keandre and Harrison. Keandre most recently in that Rose Bowl 88-yard touchdown being – uh, the longest reception in the in the bowl's history. Again, 88 of of his 389 receiving yards on the season came on one play, which uh, speaks to you know it's it's almost like a double edged sword where it's like, yeah, he has the ability to do that for you. That double move was sweet, and he can do that, but he's got to do it on a more consistent basis. Uh, and then Harrison Wallace too. I, I still go back to the catch he made at Michigan and uh, and and some of the plays that he made throughout the year, uh, especially when Parker Washington went out and you saw his snap count. Uh, rise uh, as the season progressed. But uh, those two guys have to show consistency and show that they're able to do it. Uh, and I mentioned Malik McLean, you know, a former IMG Academy guy, former four-star prospect, came into Florida State. Didn't really have the impact there uh, in the first couple seasons as he probably would have liked. Uh, new opportunity, fresh, uh, fresh opportunity here at Penn State. It's going to be uh, an opportunity for him to get on the field early. And again, you know, maybe we're going to see him on April 15th on the blue-white game you know, ball out and, and do some really good things. But, you know, before Dante Cephas comes in here, this is this is an opportunity for the wide receiver room under Marcus Higgins, new impression, new wide receiver coach, the, the whole bit. Uh, it, it's truly a room in transition and a room with a whole lot of opportunity. Yeah, I like the point, Johnny, that you made about Cephas as a veteran wide receiver who does have a track record, you know, and he, he did it at a school against some really good competition. You know, they, they played some pretty good competition at Kent State. And he faced some good defenses and some good pass defenses. And he, he played really well. But what the point I'm getting to, Johnny, is James Franklin and his staff will not hesitate to shake up the depth chart in August if somebody arrives and they know he can play. You've seen him do it with freshmen, whether it was somebody like Abdul Carter, who didn't enroll in January last year. They got one look at him in August, and he was on the field you know, against Purdue. They did it with Saquon Barkley in 2015. Not a January enrollee. He gets to campus a couple of practices in in August. You know, next thing you know, Akeel Lynch is living, you know, on borrowed time. They will play their best guys. And once they once they see who their best guys are, it's I think it's imperative for this wide receiver group to seize the moment in spring practice, including some of the veterans. You know, there's some there are some talented veterans 
in this wide receiver room that, you know, Penn State's coaching staff has had a, a look at them for a long time, and I think they know what they have in them, and they're looking to upgrade the room. And whether it's a young receiver making a big step up maybe in the spring or early in August or somebody like Dante Cephas, uh, you know, if he does get here, I would imagine it's with somebody of his ability, it's not going to take very long for the new receivers coach and Mike Yersich to see what they have in him. You know, the tape, the tape does not lie. So I'm with you. It, it, the pecking order is set for right now, but you better continue to get better every day. You better, you know, you better bring it in every practice. You better get on the same page with the quarterbacks and the offensive coordinator. Coach Hagan's better really like the progression you're making because it's a huge position. And you're right, James Franklin talked about it's the position that can change the game the quickest right now in college football. And Dante Cephas is really quick to begin with. So I, I just think as we watch the wide receiver room kind of navigate its way through spring, Johnny, it's going to be, it's great that you had one great day of practice, but you better have a really great spring overall. And I just think that wide receiver, good or bad, Johnny, is going to go a long way towards determining maybe the, the fate of this Penn State team. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, it's not just wide receiver either. I mean, that's the I think that's the big position and the most interesting position uh, in spring camp. But even you look at tight end, uh, you, you lose Brenton Strange and uh, James Franklin last week during his press conference. Uh, I believe it mentioned that, you know, Theo Johnson and uh, and Tyler Warren got some bumps and bruises and guys like Khalil Dinkins and Jerry Cross are going to get a lot of reps during spring ball. Um, Joey Schlafer uh, from Exeter, the early enrollee, is also in already. Andrew Rappel, yeah, uh, the four-star from uh, New England, is coming in in the summer. And so this is an opportunity, though, for Khalil, for Jerry especially, to get some reps. It's an opportunity right now on the offensive line where you have, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Juice Scruggs is gone at center. You know, there's a couple of you know guys bumps and bruises on the front that maybe a guy like Vega own who's been playing a lot of different spots, center, left, and right guard, uh, to make an impact, to, to make an impression. And you know, James talked about that. He said that a lot of times with these guys with bumps and bruises who you're maybe holding out in spring, uh, the guys I'd mentioned previously, Bob, you know, in the previous podcast about putting guys in bubble wrap and making sure you don't have any serious injuries in March and April. Well, those guys come back in. August, right before the season starts during uh, training camp. And at that point, you've got guys who got reps in the spring saying, hey, where are my reps now? And James was talking about this and saying, hey, like <laughs> you had your opportunity to, to yeah. basically make an impact. And uh, so we'll see if some of those some again, as spring camp goes on, because it's still early, only four practices in um, the 15th being that uh, blue white spring game that we'll get to the CM Beaver Stadium. This is an opportunity over the next few weeks here for under-the-radar players, players that didn't get a whole lot of snaps last year or even in last training camp, to really take hold of those opportunities and uh, and maybe you know take them into August. And so I'm looking at the wide receiver room, so are you specifically and very intently uh, over the next couple of weeks. But the tight end room, the offensive line, uh, you'll get defensive tackle. I mean, there, there's opportunity across the board here. This is the Blue-White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. 
Johnny, I want to talk about something uh, you you and I heard uh, James Franklin mention. And he, sometimes he does it subtly, but when a player's name keeps coming up early um, in the offseason, whether it's winter conditioning or early in spring, and it's a veteran player, you can all if as long as this if, as long as this player stays healthy, you can almost guarantee he's going to have a significant impact. You were covering uh, the Pitt Panthers the last couple of years, but two years ago. You know, going into the 2021 season, James Franklin in the offseason, early in spring, in winter conditioning, continuously mentioned the name Arnold Ebiketti, the, temp- the Temple transfer, played a lot of football at Temple. He talked about how he fit in quickly, how he assimilated. It was clear that the staff could tell he was an athlete. Last year, it was Mitchell Tinsley from Western Kentucky, the wideout, who had, I think, a 1,400 year at a, at a school that threw the ball a lot. But you could tell James and the coaches liked the way that he, he, he kind of worked out, you know, I think he quickly developed a rapport with Sean Clifford. Where I'm going with this is Storm Duck is a guy that James Franklin has mentioned more than once. He singled him out uh, yesterday when asked about the transfers for a play he made in practice. He talked about him being a veteran, knowing when to practice, knowing how to practice. He could have laid a kid out, I think, uh, on a practice play. He didn't. He just kind of played to the whistle. Didn't really hurt him. But you look at Storm Duck's career at North Carolina, and I know you know this, the guy started all the way back to his 2019 year. I think he made 27 career starts at corner for North Carolina, which is a pretty, you know, that's that says a lot to play at a major school for that long. He was an all ACC corner second team last year. But I, I know that they're pretty deep at corner, but they're also replacing a very good corner in Joey Porter Jr. It sure feels to me like Penn State feels like they got one of the better transfer portal additions in the country. In Storm Duck, and I think even in a crowded room, I think he's going to really be a valuable piece for Penn State. Absolutely. And you mentioned the ACC, and uh, I got to watch the ACC up close for three years. And I really think the the quarterback play over that period uh, of the conference was really good. And to see Storm Duck, you know, and you you go and you watch the tape and you see him hold up time and time again. And uh, again, you don't get named all ACC, you know, for just doing nothing, right? He's a really talented guy. And, and like you mentioned, the, the little things, being, being able to practice, again, this is March, uh, as John Rothstein uh, might say, this is March. But you know, the, you know, being in spring practice right now, you know how to practice, you know how to handle yourself as a veteran, as an older guy. And that rubs off on the younger players too because there are some young guys in that corner room, uh, you know, Cam Miller who played a bunch of ball for them last year, and they've got freshmen that early enrolled. And, um, and to have someone like that come in and just take the reins and be the kind of veteran, be that kind of presence, and be that kind of player really once once they hit the the ground running in the fall you know, that's that's what you want out of a storm duck uh I'm sure Kalen King is doing the same thing you know, a, a likely preseason all-american after the year that he had last year we've talked about Johnny Dixon and how underrated we think he is in this defense and so yeah I think the corner room is just in a really good spot and it's good to hear uh, that Storm Duck is making that kind of impact if he wasn't if he was the opposite I don't think we would have heard it from James or maybe he would have. Maybe he tried to light. He would maybe try to light a fire. But uh, it's good early returns uh, for a transfer portal guy like that. And uh, yeah, I just think they're in a really good spot in the secondary. And I think Terry Smith's presence has a lot to do with that at corner specifically. Like yeah, he's an older guy. He he's been around the block. He coaches these guys up really well. And you you heard uh, you know when I was out at the combine, Joey Porter Jr. Uh, talk about that a lot with Terry Smith and the relationship that he had with him. And uh, and then at safety to Anthony Poindexter and what he's been able to do with that group, losing two big guys in JPJ and Jair Brown. But 
we both expect that those two groups uh, to really move on seamlessly uh, and, and continue to play really aggressive, really good football on the back end. And so good early returns, what you want to hear uh, from a transfer like that, uh, making an yeah. immediate impact. Yeah. Johnny, I know, I think you, you had a chance to talk a little bit with Mike Yurcich, um after practice, maybe a takeaway or two on maybe what he had to say about, I mean, it is a young quarterback room as, as, as great as it was that they got Drew Aller into a bunch of games last year. You're still talking about two second-year quarterbacks and the January enrollee, Jackson Smolik. Was there anything uh, that stood out to you with maybe some of Coach Yersis's remarks about the, the QB room? Yeah, honestly, I think what he said about Jackson Smolik stood out to me uh, the most. We've heard him talk about Drew Aller before, you know, around the Rose Bowl when we were able to, to speak with Mike about the experience that Drew got throughout the season. We've heard him talk about how Bo Perbula handled himself last season, uh, not playing, but, you know, being an ultimate team guy. And now they're competing, and, and, you know, to be that starting quarterback. We obviously, the, the expected favorite is Drew Aller, but, you know, Bo Perbula is going to have a role in this quarterback room, whether it's as a backup or, you know, an auxiliary type of player. We all we kind of knew that, right, going into the conversation with Mike Yersich on Tuesday night. But you know what he said about Jackson Smolk and how he's handled himself uh, after enrolling early. He's been on campus now for about two months. Uh, you know, going through winter workouts and now you know going through you know the early parts of spring ball. And you know, Mike was just saying he's a poised young man. You know, he doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, uh, which is a good thing to have in a quarterback. And personally, I think it's a good thing to have in a, in a true freshman quarterback and an earlier enrollee quarterback that you're not getting, you're not letting the emotions get the best of you, whether you get something wrong in, in a film room or you get something wrong in the practice field. Uh, so it seems like he's handling himself really well. He's handling his situation and just kind of being a sponge and and taking it all in. Uh, and what Mike Mike Yersich said too is that you know it, it, being on the blackboard and being able to spit out information the way that coaches spit out information like that'll come to him in time and that's a trans you know transition for him it's going to be at least but he's pl- he's really pleased with how Jackson has kind of just stepped on the field and been able to translate what he's been learning in the classroom right just onto the field and he's seeing it he's got really good vision so. Um, I think that's a good sign because you're looking at the future future of the quarterback room uh, at this point because now Drew Aller is is really the present. And then you would expect that, you know, a, a few years down the line, it could be Bo or a couple years down the line, it could be Bo's turn uh, if Drew ends up playing well, as well as some people think he can and moves on. But you're talking about Jackson Smolik as a guy who could compete in a couple years, in a few years to be the next Penn State quarterback. And it's it's good to hear early on that he's handling himself well and handling the situation well. As we wrap up this edition of the Blue White Breakdown here with Johnny McGonigal and Bob Flounders, uh, just in case any of the fans are wondering about the January enrollees, you know, James was asked about them and they've only had a couple of uh, practices. It sounded like they had one like semi scrimmage maybe last Saturday. And he said, you know, they're they're a little tentative right now. They're doing a little too much thinking out there. Not quite physical up to speed yet. It doesn't sound like that's surprising to the coaching staff. They're not really playing fast yet. I think that's going to come in time. Uh, he did mention a couple of names, just, 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 you know, vaguely Smolik was one of them. Uh, I did think that was significant. He, he continually, he mentions those three offensive linemen together, right? It's never, he's never, there's never, I don't think ever going to be a separation, but the three early, early enrollees, Javen Williams, Alex Birchmeyer, Anthony Donko. Uh, he mentioned those three. He mentioned, the two linebackers, Tony Rojas, Tamir Robinson, 
Uh, later, they, he's not a freshman. He did mention Khalil Dinkins as a guy that stood out to him. One guy I just wanted to touch on real quick because I asked the key Wheatley about him. Uh, Elliot Washington, he's kind of like a defensive back right now. The reason I bring that up is I think Penn State likes to experiment with guys that are defensive backs that are athletic enough and have the size enough to play either safety or corner early. And when Zaki Wheatley was in his first year at Penn State, he's a safety now, and he's a big one, a good-looking safety. I They list him at 6'2". He towers over me, unless I, unless I lost a couple inches. He looks like he's 6'3 or 6'4". It looks great. But I think Elliott Washington's going to see some time maybe at both positions, at least early in his career. James feels like that's an advantage, especially if you make the, the move from corner to safety. But he singled him out for, I think, a play he had made in practice. I think that's always a good sign. I'm sure as, Johnny, as, as spring practice moves on and we get some more availabilities with James and maybe with Manny Diaz and some other position coaches, we're going to learn more about how the young talent is progressing, but I would just say to the fan base, you know, it's so early in spring practice. Guys are limited. It sounds to me like they just haven't had a chance to do much. They're just trying to get everyone on the same page. They're breaking in some new coaches and Dion Barnes and Marcus Hagan. So I think when we get to early April, I think you're start you're going to start to hear James, some players and some assistants talk a little bit more about guys who are starting to pop. It happens every spring, guys, but it's a little early to get a read on maybe some of the newcomers. Uh, So we'll see what happens. Johnny, I know you and I are excited about Pro Day, which is going to be Friday in State College, late morning through early afternoon. Um, We're actually going to do – we're going to have another podcast this week on the Blue Right Breakdown, and we're just going to talk about maybe the guys that are going to be there, what they need to do. You know, maybe go back to what they did or didn't do at the combine, what to expect from them. But I think there was there were seven guys at the combine. Uh, I think they're all expected to be there. I think Sean Clifford's expected to be there. So I know you're excited. It's always good to see these guys. It's almost like not a last hurrah, but you know that uh, their lives are all going to change for the better in about a month, given the way Penn State has uh showed out in the NFL draft and at the combine. It should be a lot of scouts up in State College on Friday. Definitely. Yeah, very much looking forward to Pro Day. And like you said, we're going to break it down a little bit more on, on our next podcast. But yeah, I mean, especially one guy I'll be looking forward to seeing will be Parker Washington and and what he does and doesn't do And uh, after only doing the bench press at the combine. But yeah, being able to talk to those seven guys back in Indy, uh, it's going to be interesting to compare notes and see you know, how things have maybe changed over the last few weeks, if they have at all, in terms of you know who they've talking, you know who they talk to, coaching wise, you know team wise, NFL, all that kind of good stuff. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting too to just see what scouts are there. And uh, yeah, so very much looking forward to it. Looking forward to breaking this down further with you on the, on the next pod. And uh, looking forward to Friday. All right, guys. Uh, like we said, we'll be back a little bit later in the week to preview Pro Day, which will be in State College on the twenty fourth, one week to the day. After Johnny McGonigal's one of his favorite days of the year, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, so we'll be up there. Early start, hopefully be an early finish. Looking forward to it. We'll be back to talk about the Pro Day a little bit later in the week. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>